Welcome, guys, back to the rake. Uh, we have an awesome guest for you today. We have Kale Cleeton, who is uh, the creator of Range Trainer Pro, a very helpful poker app. He is the manager of Learn Pro Poker, and he's a professional poker player. And you can tell by the way I ask, are you a professional poker player? And he says, ah, no, I have two businesses. Um, I only play sometimes. Those are the people who are going to beat you at the table. So uh, welcome, KL. How's it going? Thank you very much for that. Uh, it's really good, and I'm, I'm pumped to be here. Sweet. Um, so there's a lot to talk about. Uh, you have, when I first learned about you, um, I think it was when you won your seat to the main event um, through Daniel Negrani's promotion. And at that point, it seemed like you were the, I'm just happy to be here. I love poker. Kind of want to experience the WSOP. And I feel like in the last few years, you have, become a really serious poker player who's playing a lot of online and, and has improved a lot. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that, how you got into poker and how you got good so fast? Yeah. Um, uh, first of all, thank you for thinking I'm good. Uh, it's a really big bluff I've been working on. Uh, yeah, my, uh, my making people think I'm decent uh, at the game. Um, no, I think that... So I was really... Um, because of my personal situation, poker is uh, kind of something I've always been drawn to. Um, it's kind of a form of competition that doesn't require you to be physically gifted in any way. Um, I mean, just look at some of the regs that say in the, uh, the, the circuit grinders. I mean, let's be honest. Um, but uh, yeah, okay, I'm not shitting on people. 30 seconds in, well, yeah, my hands. Um, but uh, no, it's one of those things where all that is necessary for you to uh, be successful is obviously, you know, the, the ability to think logically, break down situations, obviously had a little bit of luck. Um, otherwise, it wouldn't, you know, be a game that all of us enjoy. Uh, but because of, of where I come from, in my perspective, that was always really, really exciting to me. I, by just my nature, am a very competitive person. Um, if I could, I would absolutely be in competitive sports. I, you know, I would be, you know, the the dude that plays Sunday afternoon, you know, uh, pickup ball or you know, uh, soccer, football, whatever, whatever I could play. That would be me if I could. Um, and and poker is kind of that outlet. And you're right, I was taking it very um, much kind of from a recreational standpoint. It was something that I enjoyed, but it wasn't something that I ever thought was like a thing. You know, it was like, hey, this is fun to, to do a few times a week, but it's not a, a thing. And I went to school, I had a degree in advertising, so I was very much on that prototypical um, you know, kind of straight, narrow path of success. The issue is, I live in a pretty rural part of the country. So uh, I always tell people I live in Illinois, and immediately it's like, oh, really? We're part of Chicago. No, I'm not from Chicago. I'm from 200 miles straight south of <laughs> Chicago, which is basically halfway between nowhere and what the fuck? 
um, that's basically where I live. Um, there is not a casino within a hundred miles of me. So if I wanted to play live, like even if the world wasn't ending, uh, like it is right now, as we're recording <laughs> this uh, podcast, um, yeah, it's not something that you can just easily do. Um, but because of all of those things, that straight and narrow like path to success, you know, get your college degree, get a nine to five, blah, blah, blah. Those opportunities were kind of uh, few and far between in the area that I live in. You know, there's not exactly a, a bunch of advertising work in Effingham, Illinois. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm not kidding. That's the name of my town, Effingham. Seriously? Uh, yeah, no, it's not Wait, maybe joke. there's um, there's no like uh, opportunities for advertising cows and stuff. You're like, hey, down the there's, street, there's like a bunch of trees. Yeah, there's there's a lot of those, but uh, uh, see, the thing is, cardboard and sharpies are super cheap, and nobody wants to pay me to do that. Um, but I, I would do it if they pay me. Um, but uh, you know, it's one of those things where. As a product of all of those things, you kind of start looking for other stuff that you enjoy and uh, might be opportunities. And I had started to take poker a bit more seriously. Um, and that was when the, uh, the contest with Ron happened. Um, a bunch of my poker friends were like, why haven't you submitted a video? And I was like, eh. I mean, I probably won't win, and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, uh, you will probably win. Have you seen you? Um, and I was <laughs> like, okay. Uh, so on the last day, I submitted my video, and then I did imagine most of the uh, the viewers know, you know the rest, and I, I ended up winning, and we ended up getting the chance to go. And because of that, I had to meet a whole bunch of really amazing people get tuned into the community at large, even though I'm, you know, a, a full day drive, um, you know, 24 hours away from uh, Las Vegas, I still get to interact with fine folks like uh, like you two. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. That, that's it's very nice of you. Um, how... <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about like everybody's complaining about how much their lives have changed. They can't leave the house. They can't do the stuff they normally do. They're living a lot of their lives online. Do you just like shake your head? You're like, shut up everyone. Like you, a lot of your interactions and stuff and a lot of the stuff you do like online poker, um, you are doing a lot of it online already. Was this not as huge of a change for you to have to kind of just chill at home and, and, you know, have zoom meetings and whatever. Yeah, so actually, I, I, when it all started, um, and it, it was very clear that this was not going to be like a one-month or two-month thing, I, I kind of made the joke, I was built for this. I mean, because <laughs> as you point out, I, I do a lot of my stuff remotely. I do a lot of my stuff in front of my computer. You can't see it, but I spend... 95% of my day when I'm awake in front of my computer. So my computer is massive. I mean, I've got a, I've got a, a, a set setup. And the reason <laughs> I have that is because I have to. If I, if I can't 
work from home, I can't do anything. Um, so I wouldn't say that I get annoyed by people. I get it, you know. I mean, if you're used to going out and being, you know, uh, on the move and active and traveling a lot, you know, if you're a, if you're a circuit grinder or someone who, who travels around the world to play poker, I get it. Don't get me wrong, I totally get it. And you have every right to be frustrated and upset and annoyed, whatever, you know, adjective you want to say. Uh, but there are still opportunities. There are some ways for people to to stay engaged, you know, continue to, uh, you know, be connected to the outside world, be connected to their friends and obviously their family. Um, and there are, you know, if you just want to get right down to the nuts and bolts of it, there are still plenty of ways to make money, too. I mean, online poker is not dead at all. I mean, in fact, it's had a massive resurgence um, mm-hmm. in the last several months because nobody can go to the casino. Nobody can, can do anything. So, um, you know, I, I get that it's, it's frustrating and annoying, but there's also opportunity. And I, I think if, uh, if you're able to focus on those things and try to uh, take full advantage of it, that uh, it might not be as awful as it has to be. How much, how much do you play these days and, and what kind of stuff do you play? Um, so right now, the, uh, I'll stick to honest with you, the last I don't know, month or so, my grind has been limited to only Sundays just because by the time I'm doing stuff during the week with Rainstream Pro and Learn Pro Poker um, and, and whatnot, I need to have a day off. Um, I, I like to uh, you know, play video games occasionally or just you know, do nothing. Um, but Sundays are my major days lately. However, when I am in full, like, hey, I'm playing poker, um, I'll, I usually play... Uh, four or five days a week. Um, I'll, I'll register for about six hours, and then obviously, hopefully, I play for more than that. But uh, my actual registration period is about six hours. And right now, I'm playing everything from uh, you know the $11 shit shows to limit my variance um, all the way up to the uh, the 2650s. Um, like they had uh, the Venom, you know, you had uh, you had Mathis on a few weeks ago, um, which actually a friend of mine uh, had a not insignificant piece of him in that, oh. which was yeah, it was fun. Um, and so he was messaging me on that final day, like, we need this dude to win. We're going to get paid. And I'm like, what's this wee shit? Um, but uh, uh, no, it was, it was, you know, it's fun to play those events. Obviously, those are, you know, stuff that I sell uh, considerably to. But uh, they're fun to play. But mostly my, my day in, day out is, you know, uh, I don't know, probably a 55 ADI in general. Gotcha. I wanted to ask you something. Uh, well, me and Marley talked about this and about how, like, 
we don't want to do to you what everyone does to women in poker, which is like, what's it like being a woman in poker and not focus on just like the thing we're like, oh, it's different. You're different. Let's point that out. But so many of the questions I want to know somewhat revolve around, um, you know, the difficulties that you face personally that, you know, I don't have to think about ever. And I hope it's not annoying to probably have to answer no. questions for like the hundredth no. time. No, um, no, no. Your, so your dad uh, accompanies you when you play live. Does mm-hmm. he like poker at all? Or did you kind of like make him enter this world? And has he started playing more after watching you and having um, to help you during WSOP? No, he definitely enjoys poker. Um, uh, you know, uh, it was not a kicking and screaming at, at the venture at all. Um, you know, he's, he's a lot like most people. Um, he was younger, you know, playing Chicago and, and uh, all sorts of stud games, local high stage uh, type of split hot games, uh, stuff like that. Um, you know, just for like nickels, dimes, paychecks, occasionally. Mm-hmm. But, you know, <laughs> but they were working at Wendy's, so it wasn't that big of a paycheck. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, it was very much not a, that was not no limit holding at that point in time, yeah. Um, so this is a little bit of a different game, but you know, at the end of the day, poker is poker, and it's still that many. I wouldn't say the same elements, but you know, parallel elements. I guess is a good way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean he uh, he's. I always tell people. He and I play very different uh, styles of poker. Um, I'm very much, uh, uh, I'm very much the way that I've, I've been coached and the way that I've developed independently. I, if I feel I have an edge at a table, I'm very active. Uh, I'm depending very, very high amounts. Not flipping very much, but I'm depending very significant. Um, and, and that's just not really in his uh, play style. And so, you know, I'll be in a pot with, you know, like nine, six suited. You know, and he'll be like, I don't know what to do with my hands. You know, like <laughs> full on Ricky Bobby. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because he obviously sees my hand. He has mm-hmm. to see it in order to make sure that I can see it. Um, you know, we're, we're right beside each other. Um, and so everybody's always like, does he not look? Does he look? You know, yeah, yeah. Well, he has to. It's just the way it is. Um, and so we'll talk afterwards on break and I'll be like, you know, this, or, you know, what was that? Or, you know, uh, uh, the one that always gets me is when he is positive, I misread my hand. <laughs> I'm positive, he misread the hand. So a really good example is uh, I had like King Queen, and uh, and he was he is still to this day dead serious, one hundred percent positive. I folded a boat. I just did. I folded a boat. There's no way I didn't. And I'm like, dude, I did not have a boat. That's, that's not what my hand was. 
my hand is king jacked. I had a I had bad top pain. That's all I had. Yeah, in one of those thoughts, it's like Zilla is never bluffing because they're like a sixty-five-year-old dude who hasn't like raised one time, and then boom, he just like check raises the river, and you're like, okay, dude, nice nuts. Um, and he's like, no, you had no. And like, I promise you, I did not because I said sold, and he sold it. But it was like that, that like pump fake sold. Where like it, it started to go and then it didn't go. And he looked at me and mucked it and then he turned to me and put his hand over his, his mouth. He goes, You just sold it a boat. And I'm like, I, I didn't. I promised I didn't. I, I, I 100% didn't. But those situations are so fun because obviously, like, I, I say this a lot and I. I always get like, oh, you're just doing a hooky, blah, blah, blah. Me and my dad really are um, best friends, um, which is really, uh, I'm, I'm grateful because not everybody has that, um, you know, and, and I recognize that and I don't take it for granted. But because of that, we give each other shit a lot, um, <laughs> you know, as you will. Uh, so it's always fun whenever I can point out, you know, something crazy like that yeah two things about that one that's very ethical of your dad to think that you're making a mistake but realizing it's one player to a hand so he's going to make the mistake that you want to make in his mind two your sense of humor I love your sense of humor I think you're like one of the funniest people in poker I'm I have adopted some of your uh, terms I call it a banana card when the river is brick um and I wanted to know, though, because some of your humor is a bit off color, like some of your banter with Veronica and stuff, it gets sexual, it gets kind of like really funny. Like, it, is it weird if you're at the table and you want to make some joke that you're like, you're going for it, but your dad is there? Like, is that a thing where it's like, it's oh, cool because no. you're best friends or do you have to censor yourself? A hundred percent. No, my dad is like even more out of line than I am. Uh, like my <laughs> I'm at like an eight and a half, and he's like at fifteen. Um, so it's <laughs> it's totally fine. Um, and you know, I, I guess um, from just like a, a personal standpoint, like I really do think that uh, uh, comedy and trying to make situations less serious is just plus easy in basically almost everything. Um, you know, I would say like 95% of things, if we just took it like, like a tiny bit less serious, maybe everybody would be not so shitty. Um, uh, you know, mood, uh, people in general. Um, and, and so I tried to live that. You know, obviously, I would never call myself a comedian because comedians had a really tough job, and I couldn't do it. Um, you know, states, I, I have great respect for what people like him are able to do, you know, stand up in front of a crowd um, and, and tell jokes. Um, and, and, and that's super fun. However, having said that, I kind of feel a certain level of, like, I identify with that uh, persona that profession, if you will, because you're never sure what's going to land and what isn't going to land. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, if you like don't 
say something that you think is somewhat funny uh, because you're afraid it won't land. Like, you're just never going to say anything at all. And you're never, ever going to interact with people. And at the end of the day, that is my goal. My goal is to interact with people. My goal is to have conversations and maybe learn something or meet someone new. Um, and you, know, you never know when the next conversation that you had, whether it's in real life or over the internet, is going to lead to a really uh, awesome and, and beautiful friendship. Uh, and you wouldn't have met that person if you hadn't put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Well, to that same point, I was just curious, obviously things have changed in the last few years and we see a culture that's becoming increasingly, you know, sensitive, maybe sensitive is the right word, but censored maybe and an increasing uh, attention being paid to different groups, whether it be women or, you know, uh, you know, people of color or whatever. Do you feel like, how, how do you think about that? And do you, do you have people? Cause I feel like a lot of times it's the people, people who get more offended, the people who aren't even in the marginalized group. Have you ever had people at the table, like stand up for you or like be more offended than you are almost at someone's actions or how do you feel about that? Um, so it's really hard for me to have too much of a perspective on that. And for one, one reason, one reason alone, um, I just don't have as much live experience as I would like. I'm sure that if I had hundreds of thousands of, of live hands under, you know, under my belt, there would be, you know, some asshole somewhere that said something or whatever. Um, I would say the, the only, uh, the only kind of like awkward, I wouldn't even say it was uh, mean or or ill will or anything like that. It was just an awkward interaction. Was at a WSOP circuit event. Uh, I was playing my first bullet of the the name for that stop in St. Louis, and a circuit reg um, who I know. Uh, to the world that probably didn't know me except maybe by Twitter. Um, we sit down, you know, Dad and I, and we get into a hand. I think it was the regs big blind, and I raised. Uh, and before they made their action, uh, when it folded to them, they looked at Dad and went, "Do you know how to play poker?" And Dad was like, I'm not playing, he is. He's like, Yeah, I understand that, but do you know like do you know what you're doing? Do you know how to play poker? And like the ent- I don't think there was any ill will or like malice intended. Mm-hmm. But for me at least, I was thinking about later and the way I couldn't decide if I needed to interpret that like it was just curious. Um, and and chose a really weird time to ask whenever I had raised into his big blind, or was he under the assumption that like I somehow barely knew enough and was you know like Jamie said earlier it was like two players to a hand or something or yeah exactly or something yeah. Exactly. What was the intention, I guess? Um, and I, 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 
I think the, the reason it's so awkward is because of the exact moment that the question came out. Like, did you, you know, on break, so like, hey, man, how's it going? So, so you know, you guys, uh, you know, how do you guys do this? And I feel like that would be very much a, hey, I'm curious, mm-hmm. you know, um, what's going on here? Um, you know, I, I, I just want to know more. Um, but I because like, it's like, yeah. I, was gonna say, I feel like you almost yeah. appreciate you almost appreciate something like that more than people just staring awkwardly or like whispering to their friends or, or texting. You know what I mean? You know the texting. But you, you, it's actually probably better to, for them to just be like, "Hey, like, what's well, how do you guys how does this work?" Like genuinely, mm-hmm. you know. I think it's kind of like, to, to do with yeah. It. In that 100%. situation. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just agreeing. 100%. Oh, okay. In that situation, it's like there are two things that could be annoying about that. One, it's like if they're kind of being accusatory that, oh, you have an advantage because two people are looking at the hand or the second thing, which sucks as well is like, oh, does your dad know how to play? Cause I can get reads off him too. Like, oh, he looked at your hand too. Let me look over there too. It's like, if you're trying to scum somebody who just like needs a little help, like, oh my God, I think it's funny. That's a really funny question. I agree with you. That's like it, the timing is what would make me roll my eyes at it. Like if he asked after the hand, it's like perfectly fine. But during the hand, you're like, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, that, that was, that was uh, uh, kind of what dad and I um, were talking about that, uh, at that particular tournament. We, he was like, um, you know, we always had that understanding that, I wouldn't say it was an advantage to the table, but there's certainly an extra layer to us because, you know, he's looking at my hoods, um, mm-hmm. et cetera. And so like, he actually started doing, he was wearing a, a, a hat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he was wearing a hat that we had made actually the day before at a, 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 a lids nearby. And it mm-hmm. says on it, high hands, Card holder, because I mean, <laughs> what? I wouldn't it? High hands, card holder. Since card he's holder. my, uh, yeah, it's it's super, it's super cool. Um, and so what he would do is he would pull the hat down low over his face and literally just bury his uh, face in his arms. And then whenever I would say something, he would do it and then go right back to it. So he basically <laughs> he looks like a German pro. <laughs> not playing. <laughs> That's basically what it was. He was like a German or an Austrian uh, high high stakes reg uh, minus the uh, oh, what was the uh, was it Vogel saying that yeah, had with the, the, he the, had the, the hoodie that was like this <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, so he was like the reverse verbal thing because he was going from the top down instead of the bottom up. But yeah, it was uh, it was just one of those things where it was like, all right, if you guys are going to try and do that, then we're just going to do what we can to limit that edge. Um, and I mean, at the end of the day, uh, live poker is very much about that interaction. And so, you know, I'm, I'm expecting folks to maybe have like weird questions or you know whatnot uh i didn't expect it from this particular reg uh exactly just because of some of the some of the things i knew about them uh but it was still funny and you know we laugh about it now yeah i think uh oh go ahead marley sorry no i was gonna i was gonna pivot to the kind of different area 
I'm just curious, like how long have you had this condition and, and how did it happen and all that? Yeah, so my, uh, I have something called spinomuscular atrophy, that's SNA for short. It's a form of muscular dystrophy. So if you remember that before he was, uh, you know, had all the bad press, there was the uh, Jerry Lewis telephone that would take place every year on, on Labor Day. Uh, the, the Muscular Dystrophy Association, which is what that was raising money for, my, uh, my disease is under that umbrella. And it's a, it's a genetic thing, so you're born with it. And basically, the, the, the medical side of it is the signals from my brain don't get transmitted to my muscles. Um, and so because of that, I have really severe atrophy in basically all of my muscles. Now, the, the effective way to understand it is it's like I'm paralyzed, from the neck down, but I feel everything. So if I have an itch or you stab me, um, you know, don't do that. Cause <laughs> I'll feel it. Don't do um, that. It's just, just, a, you know, just a, a, a general you know, good piece of advice for everyday life. Don't mm-hmm. stab people. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, no, you know, so like a really good thing to think about is like if I have an itch, I have to have somebody scratch it. If I need a drink, I need to have somebody give me a drink. Exactly. Um, so and so I, I just, hey, dad, give me a drink. Hey, mom, <laughs> give me a drink. So your parents, do, your parents are the ones who help you day to day. Yeah. Not- so my parents are my primary uh, caregivers. Um, and they do, you know, basically whatever I need. Um, you know, if, I, if I'm doing something, uh, this thing right here in front of my face, this is actually my mouse for my computer. So I use it with my, oh, my lips, cool. um, my, my chin, my lip area. But like if I'm playing online and I back up because I need moves or whatever, then I'm like, hey, fold that hand or raise that mm-hmm. hand or whatever it is. Um, so I have a very specific then, question for you. This is a really, yeah, yeah. really important question. Um, okay. When you're pissed off, when you get bad beat, do you just bite that thing really fucking hard? I haven't yet. Um, <laughs> which you would think I would, judging by my teeth. Um, Stop it. A lot of good braces did there, right? Um, but uh, uh, no, actually, so funny story. I actually used to actually get tilted, um, no, I wouldn't say a lot, but more than I wanted to. Uh, and that's something that I've, I've tried to really focus on is um, just, okay, whatever. Did I play it well? Yes. I, I get mad now if I feel like I made a really big mistake mm-hmm. more than if I lose, you know, like a two-hour on the river for typically the 15 to go. Um, yeah. Like, like that, but I know everybody says that, and then you roll your eyes and you're like, sure, no. like, okay. Um, but I really, I mean, you know, you can't be in the room. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I still get like annoyed, like shit, you know, I mean, things like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as like overall, super like, 
crazy non-detail, if you will. Um, I do make the occasional be right back driving into oncoming traffic. (laughs) To which most of my friends reply, we won't notice much of a difference until you get back. Oh, Uh, man. See, you have to have friends like that. I feel like when you have a sense of humor like you do, if you had the overly polite friends, it would suck so bad. It it, it does. It really does. Um, But, yeah, so they always put me right back in that place. And then, like, my primary... uh, my primary uh, kind of like mentor and poker is in the middle of uh, a six-figure downswing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whenever I bitch about poker, and they're like, yeah, uh-huh, go on, tell me more about how you lost, you know, for $800. <laughs> Please, go on. Um, you know, so I'm like, all right, fine. I, I get the point. But I, 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 I shouldn't complain. I'm in a good spot. I get to play poker whenever I want. Um, I get to be involved in a community that, for the most part, obviously we have our fair share of uh, shitty numbers, if you will. Uh, but I don't think that's unusual for any community. Yeah, you know? I mean, you look at any subset of culture and you're going to add. Uh, folks who maybe don't represent the best ideals, but by and large, I feel like all of us in the poker community are generally decent, okay human beings. And again, we're looking for an edge to take your money in any possible way we can. But that doesn't mean that you know we won't buy dinner occasionally. Uh, but um, it's one of those things where I try to focus on all the cool stuff. I get to do day in, day out. Um, that way, whenever you inevitably do go through that like IRL downswing, that, that real world downswing, mm-hmm. uh, you kind of have a little bit of uh, a frame of reference. We interrupt this podcast with an important message from our sponsors at Run It Once. Here at Run It Once Poker, we're delighted to announce that we are officially out of beta. To celebrate, we're hosting 101% Week. Every day this week, we're bringing you a new promotion through which we'll give back 101% of the total rake we collect. Plus, we're rolling out the welcome mat to all first-time depositors with an insane 101% welcome offer. Players that make their first deposit during 101% week will receive a 101% cash bonus on all Legends rewards for their first four weeks. And that's not all. These first-timers will also receive up to $100 worth of run-at-once training content. This exclusive offer is on top of our already juicy 100% welcome bonus in which we match 100% of your deposits up to 600 euro for your first 30 days. If you're not already playing on Run at Once Poker, now is the time. For full details on 101% week, head on over to once.run slash 101%. That's once.run slash 101 P-E-R-C-E-N-T.
And now, back to the pod. I did want to mention this just in case anybody listening is inspired to try to help um, when you do want to go play live poker again. Uh, Apparently, the van that you need is going to have to be like a Batmobile of a van um, to get you to live poker. And Veronica Brill actually started a GoFundMe that uh, that had it picked up a little steam, but you need uh, a lot more help. So if anyone wants, uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to be able to put the GoFundMe link somewhere. If, if we can't put it in the YouTube um, link, I will, I'll put it on a tweet or something like that. But uh, I think it's important for you to like get to play live poker. You're a really funny dude. I would love to play at a table with you and just see how many people we can horrify with our off-color jokes. Um, but yeah, like it sucks that you don't get to play live poker that much. And it sucks that it, it is such a hassle and so expensive yeah. for you to get to these places. So hopefully we could help a little bit. And if you don't mind, I'd just like to say something really quickly about that. Um, you know, first of all, Veronica is an absolute, she is everything that the poker community should strive to be. Um, she is so strong in her convictions and has never let you know, kind of, but I didn't, I mean, I always, like, knew it was, like, an unspoken thing, but, like, seeing it in action, this kind of mob mentality of these operators um, and how they're just going after anyone involved with that entire scandal. But obviously, specifically her, is heartbreaking but inspiring at the same time, at least for me. Because she's been like, yeah, um, they're trying to character assassinate me. Uh, but I'm still going to do what I know is the right thing by outing a cheater. Uh, you know, anybody who, who still isn't convinced that Mike Tassel cheated uh, is either um, extremely naive, in which case I have a bridge that I can sell you <laughs> very cheap. Um, or you're just involved in the scam. Uh, I apologize for that bit of an aside, but my point was um, she a, you know, did this completely unexpectedly with me. We were talking on her show and she didn't realize uh, what an accessible vehicle like what the costs associated mm-hmm. with that were. She did because of obviously her own personal past to a certain extent. But like seeing what it is now, I mean, you would look at a minivan and go, oh, hey, I can get a decent minivan for 35 grand. Okay, add 50 to that in order to make it, you know, something you can drive a wheelchair into. And I don't think a lot of people uh realize that. Um and in addition to that, there isn't really any uh program available at all to make that something that is more attainable for people. Mm-hmm. Um you know I, I'm sure most people would assume this, but I'll just confirm it for you. Guess what? Like, basically every disabled person isn't independently wealthy. You know, there are, you know, one in, you know, a hundred, maybe, that are. Uh, most 
in, in disabled folks. Right? I see very poor, um, really, 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 really living paycheck, paycheck. And that paycheck isn't uh, even enough sometimes. I'm super lucky in that I've got an amazing support system, but not everybody is. And so um, I always like to bring that up, not because of my own you know, selfish reasons, but hey, I'd like to play poker um, live. I mean, don't get me wrong, I like that. But also, I think that more people are aware that like simple shit, like going from town to town, is basically financially prohibitive. Mm-hmm. I think uh, maybe at some point we can do something about that. So if I ever win the main event, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start a, uh, uh, some sort of foundation or something to help folks afford vans because you shouldn't have to be in debt for 25 years in order to go see your grandmother who lives an hour away yeah i have kind of what might be a stupid question um but (laughs) you know like if i want to go on a trip or something i can just go rent an rv and do it like would it help like if there was some company that if someone started a foundation that had a bunch of vehicles and outfitted for people in wheelchairs that they offered for like cheap rentals so that you don't have to each buy like a 100k vehicle or is it something where it's like it has to be outfitted specifically to your needs so it wouldn't help to have like a, a service like so that? So it very much depends on the individual. So for example, me, I can't physically drive, obviously. So what our needs are, uh, it's literally a ramp into the van. Now, it's a little more complicated than that because when they put the ramp in, um, they actually lower the floor of the van because if you just put the ramp in, it's the, the doorway isn't tall enough and you end up running your head into the top of the van. Side story at my brother's wedding, I may or may not have gotten very drunk and done that. Uh, <laughs> Just, you know, why do you think I'm wearing a hat? Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but, you know, that really happened now. Um, but, so there is quite a bit to it. Now, if you are someone, but let's say uh, you can move your arms, but you can't obviously move your legs. There are all sorts of ways that you can drive with hand pedals and things like that. Um, I, you know, I can... I can imagine tons of people that maybe want to go on a road trip, but they don't have a need day in, day out for, you know, a vehicle. That would be a really amazing option. Obviously, for us, we live 100 miles from, you know, everything. So we, you know, we personally would need that because if I had to go to one of my specialists, for example, that's in St. Louis. That's a hundred miles away. Um, you know, so that's a day trip. But if you live in a metropolitan area where you have access to, uh, you know, public transit and things like that, and oh, by the way, the public transit is decent and actually accessible, then absolutely that would be an amazing thing. And I would, I would love to see something like that. Maybe, uh, maybe if Bill Perkins is committed, uh, you know, to that, that would be something. Really, really cool. I'm hoping maybe at some point he and I get into a uh, Twitter conversation. And I live about a mile and a half 
from my tiny airport that will uh, land a private jet. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to, you know, out and out say it. But, you know, if he sent a jet with a list, I wouldn't turn it down. You know, I feel like you're being very subtle here. So if it's not enough, you know, if he doesn't get the hint, we could tag him in this and I'll I'll really (laughs) spell it out for him that perhaps you want to visit from Perkins and a ride to the next WSOP. You know, I I I feel... I I don't need the jet to do that. I just want to borrow it for a day or two. Yeah, just borrow it. I mean, I don't know. I've never been a private jet. I'm sure you guys have. I'm not fancy. No. Come on, well, I play then, like two five. I don't have private jet fucking <laughs> sending me to my I would well, love then, I would love to I'm see Seattle in a Dan Blazarian uh like photo shoot, by the way. Like yeah. I would love yeah. it if they just picked you up and then you and then like you just decided to move in and like travel with them and like every photo was just like twenty five naked girls and you're just chilling like it's just like just like ass and titties and a a yeah. robot wheelchair kid. That's yeah. it. Just that's all it is. It's just honestly, like, honestly, I don't know. I I could see that happening. I could see that happening. I mean, I'm not gonna turn it down. Don't get me wrong. I'm not turning it down. It's gonna get awkward though when your dad's like, "Listen, I need to help him out. I gotta go on this trip. I don't want to go <laughs> in a mobile hot tub with my son and 25 naked Playboy models, but I have to go." And and your mom's just gonna have to like be like, "Yeah, it's true. He's gonna need to." It's just, it's, it's it's a necessity. It really is. I mean, we all have our class today, and you know that's that's his. Okay, it's <laughs> amazing. Oh, so, really, it's amazing idea. I should say, I want to hear about your businesses and this app that you started, and um, and you are managing Learn Pro Poker. What is what is your role there? So. Basically, everything that isn't related to actual uh, content creation. And even that, um, I actually am the one that does all of the editing on it as well. So I am involved in the, the production process. I'm just not the dude that talks on the peer and you know, looks at the, you know, the, the checkmate frequencies of ace off on a king high boy with a that very straight girl, you know, and then shit like that. Um, I, I understand it. I just couldn't write it if I had to. Um, but, yeah, so anytime anybody sends in emails or has questions, uh, as long as it's not related to how to play poker, uh, fesh, you know, well, I probably am the one answering that. And then... Where I do get to uh, talk about how to play poker well is Wayne's Trainer Pro, which shameless plug, Wayne'sTrainerPro.com, because I am at my heart of hearts a 100% shell for basically everything (laughs) I'm involved with, uh, which, you know, reasonable. uh, But the app, was born actually uh, as part of my main event experience. In the lead up to that, 
I wanted to get better. I wanted to do some really intense studying for the weeks or so leading up to before we left. And, uh, and I had a whole bunch of people reach out and offer me access to training content, you know, uh, Raising Edge was kind of the internet course at the time. Someone mm-hmm. reached out and was able to hook me up with access to that uh, tournament poker edge, which at that point uh, was super popular because it was like it was like a cheaper but tournament centric uh, run at once. Um, you know, right once was obviously the Matt Daddy of all chain sites. And then this was, you know, kind of like the little brother if you couldn't afford, you know, your right <laughs> net uh, for the uh, the premier training. Um, so I had access. I had the ability to learn. What I didn't have was a good way to memorize ranges. You know, everybody was giving me all these hand charts, you know, RFI from the cutoff line, 50 big lines, et cetera, et cetera. But there wasn't a way to actually practice and memorize them. And I was like, how has nobody made this? This is ridiculous. Um, and from that, I was thinking, well, why couldn't we just build a, 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 a tool that you input your ranges, and then it spits them back, you know, out at you, and basically gives you a table, gives you a position, uh, uh, a stat depth, and says, "Here's a hand. What do you do with it?" And then you know, you, you memorize that way because most people don't memorize by looking at a chart, and then when they're playing in real time, close their eyes, visualize that chart find out if the hand they had is in that range. It's like, that, that's stupid. doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Nobody plays like that. Why should we learn like that? So, yeah, so this kind of quizzes you, something. like it's, it's interactive yeah. and it gives you a quiz and it tells you if you're um, on the right track or not. How does I it made exactly that tool. My, my developer, uh, business partner and I, he's the one that tells it. I'm the one that says, that looks good. Keep going. Um, and, and basically, that's what it is. Um, you either input your own ranges or you can purchase them from mm-hmm. us. Uh, and it, it allows you to quiz yourself in real-world scenarios. So it's effectively like you're playing poker without spending entry fees. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, in general, the only way to get good is by playing hands. And generally, playing hands is expensive. You know, learning how to play poker is expensive. So if you can do this, yeah, it's not perfectly analogous to playing, you know, actual at a table, but it's a hell of a lot better than Zenga. Um, and it actually is something that you can look at and get a feedback uh, score on where you're making mistakes, what you need to work on, and how you can improve. Are you suggesting I should stop practicing on Zynga? I mean, I think it's a great 
working, um, if you're looking for tilt control, um, you know, I mean, that's really good for that. If you want to learn how to not be pissed off at the world, play Zenga, and then just, you know, you'll be fine. <laughs> that's cool. Um, I know I have more stuff I want to ask you. We usually just do an hour, but, oh, I want to ask you, because you mentioned off stream about your dogs, and I'm obsessed with dogs. So do you want to talk about your dogs? Like, what kind of relationship do you have with them? Um, are they ever jerks like my dogs? Like, I could just see it being so annoying if they're just, like, wanting to play with you and they're yelling at you. Because my dog will sit at my feet and just bark forever. So like, how does it work? I, uh, I... First of all, we have a Maltese who is uh, very, very, very stubborn. She's older um, and, like humans, uh, has gotten very crotchety in her old age. I mean, she is just straight up like grandma, you know, get off my lawn type of thing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, she is, uh, uh, you know, she's been around a long time. So she kind of like is also at the same time kind of like chill with everything. Um, but what's fun is uh, I was, I, when she was really little, I had trained her that if she jumps into the recliner in the other room, uh, the from the armrest onto my lap, it's basically you just step off the armrest into my lap. So she'll jump up into my lap via the recliner, and then she'll hang out in my lap, and I use my left armrest to lean on, but my right armrest, I don't use at all. And so I use the left one, and the right one is hers to lay her head on, and so she'll just lay there and fall asleep and, you know, do old dog stuff. Now, Teddy, he is a Maltese Pomeranian mix. And he's uh, not very old. He's only like three, I believe. Um, and he's hyper as shit. I mean, he is just like out of this world hyper. Um, and uh, yeah, he's very much, I mean, he's all of our dogs, obviously. But you know how like, if you're a family and then the dog like gravitates to that that one person in yeah. the family, like yeah, Ted is very much my dad's uh dog. Yeah, he's um, always jumping up into his lap uh when he you know, his uh, computer is on my back left. You know, he's in here in case I need anything. Uh generally. And so he's always jumping up into his lap and the, the office chair and like trying to like nose his way up into his business and you know <laughs> being generally annoying but adorable, you know, that that type of thing. Uh, yeah, they I, I mentioned before we got going, they are very much uh the persona of a dog dog. You know, somebody walks up the ramp, we have a, a metal ramp on our, our front uh, door, so it makes a lot of noise when somebody steps on it. Uh, and so if someone walks up the ramp, they're like, you know, they're this really deep, throaty, you know, 
vicious sounding bark. And then you open the door and you see who they are. And then they take off around the corner, like they're a bunch of scared, you know, scared little puppies. Uh, but yeah, uh, they, uh, they certainly keep all of us, uh, at the very least, attentive. Uh, we don't pay attention to them. They get very upset. <laughs> That's awesome. I love when like the tiny dogs are the ones that think they're so tough. It's just amazing. Like I have a new puppy and Crouton could eat her and she's somehow unaware of that. And she literally, he'll be sleeping and she just comes up and bites his toes. I'm like, you're going to get eaten at some point. Like, you know how annoying that would be? You're, just, you're dead asleep. And then it's like these tiny little puppy needle teeth just bite at your paw pads. Like, it's amazing that she's still alive. Um, I give Crouton a lot of credit for just not ending her instantly. But yeah, the little dogs are always the ones that have to be tough guys. It's amazing. They do. And I tell you, Crouton's the real hero of this story. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. Crouton's the hero of basically every story involving <laughs> Crouton. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an excellent self-control. To For sure. Not just, you know, we certainly, when we do get the chance, uh, when we went to Vegas, you know, we, we missed having them, obviously. So, yeah, we're here all the time. And they obviously had a little bit of that separation anxiety as well because, you know, we're here Mm -hmm. all the time, uh, you know, and and whatnot. So we definitely miss them. But it's always fun when we get turned back, you know, when we we came back from from Vegas and they, they, like, they're caught between giving you the cold shoulder because they're pissed at you, but also being <laughs> really, really excited that you're back, and so they can't decide yeah. whether they're going to ignore you. They're like, yeah, and they're like, yes, hi, hi, I'm here. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it's, cats it's are like that, fun. too. I feel like people don't realize that cats do that same dance when you come back from a long trip. Like, they definitely give you the cold shoulder, but they're so, like, my cat will, like, drool all over me and just be extra extra lovey your videos are so cute marley i miss them it's the one thing i miss with you being in the uk is like your chauncey videos she would just like go play poker and then come home and have a video on instagram of chauncey these glowing eyes emerging from the bushes and chauncey is being like because marley's home and i'm like it's so cute because you don't think cats are like that especially ones that have the roam the outdoors everything you don't think they need people that much i feel like chauncey's gonna lose her mind lose his mind when you even you finally come back to the u.s it's it's so funny i like i said before i think it's because because like i raised him from such a young age like almost like six weeks and we you know what i mean like you kind of like train whatever kind of animal is like if you're always around and you're always cuddling them you're always hanging out with them like they get used to that relationship and so like they become more people cats whereas if they're traumatized or they're rescue animals like it's so hard to break that it's like humans, you know, like we are kind yeah. of our childhood or we are kind of whatever. And so I, yeah, I've always like had that with him. So I think that's why he's so kind of like a mama's boy, but, but I love it. I, uh, I played D&D with, uh, uh, two, well, you playing, you know, I played D&D with, uh, Emily and, mm-hmm. uh, Sammy Gruber. Um, mm-hmm. and both of them are huge cat lovers. Um, and so they make regular appearances 
in our D&D uh, Zoom calls. Yeah, yes, Emily has a, a cat named Randy Moss, right? Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, she's big, you know, Vikings, Minnesota, everything, except for baseball, which I don't get, but, okay, um, she's an L.A. Dodgers fan. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they uh, they make regular appearances in our, our D&D uh, Zoom calls, and I am a big nerd, so, yeah, it's fine now. Uh, <laughs> I, I had never played D&D. It took quarantine to play my first D&D uh, campaign, and now that I have, it's like, holy shit, why was I not doing this? My entire life. This is so much fun. Because, uh, like, I mean, it's like you get to to indulge some of those weird, maybe unhealthy, dark impulses, but in this completely, you know, non-judgmental uh, venue where you get to, like, you know, just kill random non-player people because, you know, hey, they looked at me weird and I didn't like it, so let's fight, um, that type of thing. And it's just super cool because of the, uh, you know, I, I grew up and of the age where, you know, like Harry Potter was a really big deal when I was growing up, you know, I was, I was the same age as that character. And so those type of, like, fantastical, um, you know, Estate valves, if you will. I guess that's a good way of putting it. Um, are, are super fun. And I think, uh, I don't know, I think people should on it a little bit, which is a little, uh, a little disheartening because I think if you actually do it and uh, come into it, like, ready, willing to be open minded and try to have fun with it, it actually is kind of a, a, a cathartic and almost like an emotional release type of thing is for two hours once a week you get to be somebody totally different 100 yeah i play um, mafia oh yeah okay with my friends like once a week um i play it's like jen shahadi her brother greg shahadi who are just like chess beasts um Mm -hmm. the wilanovskis ben wilanovski used to be like a super boss at poker um and there's a bunch of other like really smart people in the group um who are huge gamers they play everything um but it's fun once a week to sit there with a different role lie mm-hmm. your ass off like that's the mm-hmm. entire goal is to lie convincingly um you know or find the liars and it's like really satisfying for a few hours these games last forever sometimes because these people take it so seriously but to just Try to lie convincingly. You don't get to do that, really. Like, poker bluffing is one thing, but this is, like, such a different level. You start going personal with people, too. You're just like, <laughs> no way. It's like, he would never be stupid enough to say this if he was really the mafia. Meanwhile, the guy's like, I'm the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching you on uh, Running Up's um, Werewolf streams with... Uh, uh, Vincent running mm-hmm. the uh, the werewolf stream, and those were so fun. Obviously, it's not exactly the same game, but it's that that same idea of of you know deceit and you know misdirection. Um, the reason I remember it is because uh, we were watching it, looking for anything we could use for wearing poker, 
because Ryan was uh, was one of the rebels on that, uh, and and so that was it was so much fun though because I had never played or even seen werewolves played before. I feel like um, you would love it. I feel like you would love yeah. it. You could, you could play mafia with us too if you wanted to because it's like uh, it's yeah. just a mind game and it's awesome and like it's about reading people. There's a lot of skills you use in poker, um, and it's just I don't know. I think it's a really fun way to practice your reading ability without having to do it in a poker setting. So exactly. And that's that's fun and also just like you said, the interaction because you get to to hang out with some really fun and, and interesting people. Um I don't get to play all that often, but um Joe McKeon has all the time. Uh, he has a telegram, telegram group. Yeah. And in that telegram group <laughs> and they are always playing Wolf, um, anytime I play Toad Games, I try and jump in on Toad Games. Mm-hmm. I love that I, game. I am apparently addicted to Toad Games now. I didn't realize it, but I love that game. I'm not very good at it yet because I've only played it probably a dozen times or so. So I'm, I'm still working out like GTO is to, to Hugev as mm-hmm. the uh, Master. For anybody who is unaware, Toad Games is essentially, it's like the, isn't it like that? Uh, it's like the uh, password. It's yeah. kind of like that old password game, but you have a board full of words, and as the clue giver, you have to make your team say your words and avoid the other team's words, essentially. It's uh, such a but, good game for controlling tilt. I swear to God, I is. think that could be the most frustrating game I have ever played in my life. Because Marley, I'll give you a clue and I'll just be like, it, you guys are on my team. I give you clues to say these words. KL could be like, she said wings. I think it's airplane, buffalo, and ghost. And they're the words. And I'm like, oh yes, he's going to get it. And then you go, no, it would never be ghost. Ghosts don't have wings. Don't be an idiot. We're going to pick this word instead. And they pick the word that makes you lose. You can't say anything. So you just like watch your team, like discuss it in front of your face. And you have to just keep a straight face or you're cheating. So it's a game where like you watch your friends and you're just like the whole time. It is so frustrating. And it's, but it's also awesome. It's a really good game. But yeah, I tilt so hard. In Marley's defense, I would probably be the one going, no, it's not ghost. And she would probably be the one going, no, it definitely is ghost. And then you'd be like, Janet Trail. Um, but uh, I've heard that my fair share. Uh, but no, it is. It's so fun because it's something quick. You know, it takes like 20 minutes usually mm-hmm. to play a, a game. And it's fun. And it's something that is just an amazing decompression um, to just, get outside your head and and it's still got that that competitiveness because generally the people you're playing with are also very very competitive and probably very accomplished um at least you know with the groups that that uh, we're in you know they're all pretty accomplished poker players or, mm-hmm. or whatever it is and so having just like that thing you can say, hey, remember that time I beat your ass in Toad Games? Those were good times, weren't they? That was fun. Uh, it like, literally means nothing, but it makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> mm-hmm. True. Me and Melissa Burr used to play with our uh, 
ex-boyfriends now this is like 10 years ago we both mm -hmm. almost ended relationships over the game scrabble apple because like mm -hmm. the one guy i was dating was so competitive to the point where it was like absurd like past the point of it being healthy and mm -hmm. we beat his ass so many times that he was like ready to flip the board game and be like "Fuck you i'm out and we were just like this is so insane and melissa afterwards was like i think you really need to think about where you think that relationship <laughs> I didn't Listen, you should take that. Back. It's crazy. What'd you say? I said I didn't realize you guys went so far back, you and Melissa. Yeah. From Borgata eight oh. ages ago. I mean, let's just be honest. Anybody that can eat that many chicken nuggets and A, not only not vomit, but actually like be perfectly fine doing it and just like, yeah, I mean no, it's so much. Like it's not Did you deal. see that, Marley? Yeah, 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 yeah. She's so skinny too. She's this like skinny little girl, but she's always been like that. She would, we would go play poker and come back. I'm like, let's go to Wawa and get a snack for, you know, while we're hanging out. My snack would be like, I don't know, maybe I'd get a donut, something shitty or like ice cream or something. She would get an entire Entenmann's cake and eat it. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, you're 95 pounds. Like, how is this possible? I was so jealous of her. And she's kept it up. I always said, I was like, oh, you're going to get so punished when your metabolism slows. No, now she's just pounding like, I don't, she had like a, a chicken massacre that had to have been like many chicken lives were lost in that challenge. Oh, there were, there, there were, uh, there's now a memorial at some chicken <laughs> point. Like they have a giant plaque that says, in remembrance of the person <laughs> who murdered all these chickens. Uh, for a bet. Uh, now, I will say I'm okay with her murdering all those chickens because I made a lot of money on that bet. So <laughs> I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. Um, no, I, I, I actually bet. Uh, no, I mean, I bet a, a decent amount to me. Yeah, like to me, that's like a few hundred bucks. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, obviously, to most people, a decent amount would maybe be more or less. But yeah, I, uh, I was uh, very confident of that uh, and it's funny because i dm'd there and i was like hey you don't know me but i know this person this person and this person so i'm not a shady person uh how confident are you and she's like oh this is not a lock yeah and i was like okay tell him your word for it and i just like so pma about two people i'm like uh well, how many odds are you giving me they're like two and one i'm like but what's the max they're like 50 bucks i'm like let me know if you want more. But, um, and then uh, I did the same thing. I don't know if you guys know him, but uh, Brian Frenzel, uh, the Golden Blazer on Oh, Twitch. yeah, yeah. Okay, so he did a uh, sit-and-go challenge where he had to play, I think it was 509 max turbo sit-and-goes on Global Poker. Not an endorsement uh, from me. And uh, he had to play 500 and be profitable at the end of 24 hours. Um, and I messaged him after he had did, uh, done his uh, like test run for five hours or whatever to see how many he could get in. And I was like, how did it go? He's like, I killed it. Immediately after that, I posted on my Twitter, I'm like, Taking match and Brian, hit me up if you want. And uh, yeah, so I don't always bet, but when I do, I try to make sure I win uh, because I like to win money, not to give people money. So <laughs> if that's the one thing you take away 
the entire podcast. When you bet, win money. Mm-hmm. Don't give money away. That's your tip. That's a good tip. And with that in mind, perhaps I take the rest of the day off. I'll heed your advice and not play poker today. Yeah. Oh, I I haven't played poker since Sunday. And that's because I, um, let's just say, you know those speed bags that uh, uh, boxers train on? Poker did that, but to my man parts. Uh, <laughs> Just all day, just I was just like, yeah, okay. So yeah, poker, uh, yeah. It was it was bad. It was a bloodbath. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it was. Oh man, and then I had a little bit of PTSD over my Sunday, <laughs> uh, but it's fine. We'll just struggle it off and uh, you'll get yay, it back Yeah, Yay, makeup. Uh, so <laughs> it's whatever. Oh man. This has been really fun. Marley, do you have any last words to add? Because I feel like I uh, I just I just hijacked the end of this pod with dogs and uh, werewolf Fine. and whatever else. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed uh, listening and learning. <laughs> this has been fun, KL. Any, uh, give, give one last plug. Just plug away whatever you want, whatever. We're shameless in this podcast. Chill away. Well, I, I mean, obviously, out of other people would check out rangetrainerpro.com, R-A-N-G-E, trainerpro.com. We have a free version. You can sign up. Uh, just need your email, and then you can make a password. We don't ask for your account, uh, credit card, anything like that. Check it out. At the very, very, very least, you have a way to view um, basic ranges on any device as long as you have an internet connection. So you won't have to be a computer. You can open it up on your phone on break at a live tournament once the world is not ending anymore. Um, and, and check your ranges in real time. And then if you upgrade to the premium obviously you can do training and add uh weights and frequencies to hands as well um but you know i i I truly hope that people will just at least check it out and see why it can help them uh obviously i cannot guarantee that you will make money on poker nobody can i cannot control variants but what i can do is guaranteed that if you actually put in the work and try to get better, that you'll be infinitely more comfortable in every single pre-flop situation. Uh, you won't have those uh, moments of like, I'm not sure what to do here. I don't know if I should free bet this or peel this. I don't know, whatever. Um, you won't have that uh, because I didn't like feeling that way. And I tried to make something where other people don't have to feel that way. Mm -hmm. That's my shameless plug. Let me say, just before we go, thank you very, very much for inviting me on. I really, really appreciate it. Obviously, I'm a big fan of both of you. Uh, You know, I've followed both of you on social media, like, trying to find the right balance between, you know, being interested and also not creepy in, in what you guys are doing. <laughs> uh, but I say that 
from a perspective of like, I think those of you are really important to the Tolkien community writ large. Um, you know, uh, having your perspectives and also just the way that you interact with people, um, I think are really, really undervalued uh, parts of the Tolkien community. So thank you very much for kind of uh, giving me a little bit of legitimacy by having me on the show and obviously uh, you know to run at once uh, at large for uh, you know getting you guys the show and, and you know obviously making a very good decision <laughs> to put both of you together because it's entertaining AF. Oh, well, we feel the same way about you. Um, we actually paid KL 20 bucks to show for us like that. So we appreciate yeah. it. We got, got our money's worth. Um, thank you so, <laughs> that was very sweet. Thank so you. much for coming on. Hey, thank you very much for having me. All right, guys. We'll see you next week right. for another guest. And until then, uh, be good. <laughs>